Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are live, right? We live? Yep, I think so. We are live, alhamdulillah. So, <laughs> so um, welcome to the Late Show, everybody. This is uh, a slightly different um, style of Late Show, I guess. It's the first time we've done something like this, but I think it's something that is worthwhile doing. Um, as you all know, based upon the Based upon the uh, poster and the links that you've seen, there is um, a very important topic we have to address today. And I think it's based upon, it's following a very, you know, important year that we've just had with the COVID, with the number of deaths and people getting ill and things like that. So I think it's worth addressing some issues and reminding us ourselves on the importance of death essentially many of you might know that our father passed away earlier last year august of 2020 um and you know for those of you who know me know that he played a very very important role in my life um and he was very very close to me to to the point not just close to me in the sense of as a father and son is but in fact i would go as far as saying he was my best friend and somebody who was really, really close to me growing up, especially, especially during my impressionable years. So we've had a number of experiences last year with death, both with close family members and also friends. And this is a little backdrop into this program uh, and how it links in, because we have to remind ourselves as believers, as Muslims, that the Prophet ﷺ was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to give us the most important treasure in our lives. That's what we can only describe it. The most important treasure that we have. And that is Al-Islam. And he came and he was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show us how we deal with different situations, how we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how we practice the religion that is and, and a way of life that is pleasing to him subhanahu wa ta'ala but also how to deal with situations and I, and we genuinely believe this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us <clears throat> in the quran that this day he has perfected for us our religion he has given us the most complete way of life which deals with and the prophet showed us in action <clears throat> how to deal with every single aspect of life using this noble religion of al-islam and so during our good times and our bad times the prophet has shown us how we should respond and how we should worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what the limits and boundaries are on what we can and can't do um, when certain situations come to us and in this instance when we talk about death and death that we have to remind ourselves, brothers and sisters, is the most, it's the only guaranteed thing. It's inevitable that every single person will have to go through this. And the interesting thing is, <clears throat> it's not just reserved for old people. And this should serve as a reminder. Today's discussion that we're going to have should serve as a reminder 
that nobody's guaranteed or nobody knows exactly when they're going to pass away. My father, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with, to have 34 more years after his first triple heart bypass. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to live for us to experience and spend uh, that much more time where he passed away in his 70s. And in other instances, you know, we hear about stories, we hear about people who have uh, death in their families from a very young age. Their children may be stillborn or, or, or pass away at a very young age. And then there's a whole spectrum in between that where people will come and go from our lives at different times and different ages. And this is the interesting thing that, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, he experienced this in his life when his own son passed away at a very young age. But look at how the Prophet ﷺ responded, how we as believers should respond, what the limits are and how we respond. And this is one of the most beautiful things in my view about Islam, that every single aspect of our lives, we have an example to follow. So this is a little backdrop and introduction into uh, this show, which we are going to dedicate to our brother, Muhammad Al-Hassan. And, you know, it's, it is a tribute to him because, subhanAllah, you know, he passed away at, very, at a very, very, in my view, a very young age. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he reminds us in the glorious Qur'an, he, he tells us, you know, he tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, say to them, uh, verily, the death from which you flee from will surely meet you. Okay, and this is some, some very powerful words, by the way. Um, and uh, and this, is a, this should serve as a reminder for all of us, and it should serve as a wake-up call. Not just the fact that there's COVID-19 and, you know, there's this disease and that disease and, you know, whatever else is going on. No, this, this should serve as a reminder for us because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran has reminded us about death in numerous places. The Prophet taught us about death and how we should deal with it. And this is why we, as believers, we have, and I, again, I'm going to say we have the best way, the treasure in how we deal with things. And, and honestly, sometimes, you know, I do wonder, I do sit and wonder, without Islam, how would we respond to these calamities? And that's what they are, they are calamities. How would we deal with these calamities without the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with, without Islam and, and the blueprint on how we should live our lives? Uh, and this is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the structure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. In, in the way and the example of the Prophet and his companions and just look at how they responded when the Prophet who was the most beloved person on this earth to them how they responded to his death and maybe we can talk about that later on in the show inshallah but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue to this um, introduction to um, uh, introducing our guests, guest speakers on this panel, inshallah. Um, after I've introduced, you know, why, you know, in fact, some of you guys can introduce and tell us about how Muhammad Hassan uh, eventually passed away and met his Lord and returned back to his Lord. And we ask 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him uh, accept all of his good deeds in this life and to give him the best in the next life and forgive him for all of his sins and give him Jannat al-Firdaus. Ameen. So let me introduce my guest speakers. On the top corner we have, in fact this way, top corner we have uh, my brother Suhail. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. In this corner we have Hassan, producer Thab. Wa alaikum salam. Above me we have uh, brother Richard Coupland. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. To the far left we have brother Bobby. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. And last but absolutely by no means least, we have our dear beloved brother Richard McLeod. Assalamualaikum. Now we've lost you, bro. We need to. I think you've muted yourself. You need to unmute yourself. Okay, we have we have a lot more guests coming as well on on the show. But really, tonight, guys, is an opportunity for us to share some of the um, reminders and some of the stories that we've had with Brother Muhammad Al-Hassan because every single person on this panel today and those who are going to come on later on, I can I can safely say that, that the Brother Muhammad had a profound impact on our lives. And I mean profound, right? And you know when we talk about... Um, really loving somebody for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, Muhammad al-Hassan, in my view, epitomizes that, right? I remember, you know, there's so many things we can talk about, you know? And just so, so the viewers who don't know who the brother is, and I'm going to give you the short version. Please, guys, do jump in and so we can let everybody know. Two, uh, two weeks ago um, today, on, on a Friday, on Juma, the brother Muhammad al-Hassan, he uh, passed away, unfortunately. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. But prior to that, that's after, that's following him contracting COVID-19 at the back end of last year and then recovering from that. And then two weeks ago, Friday, he uh, was admitted to hospital, I believe, with a clot on his lung and he died of a stroke, essentially. And for those who don't know him, I just want you to understand this. Look. This brother was a young brother in his early 30s, I believe, right? Yeah. He was fit. I mean, super fit and healthy. I'm not talking about just healthy. I'm talking about super fit and healthy. Yeah. He was in the gym. He was training. He was, and, and I know this because I used to train with him when he was here in Newcastle. And he was a very, very fit young man. And subhanAllah. He, he used to run from Gateshead, man. Yeah, exactly. He used to run or on his bike. Biking, but a few times he ran biking, all the way. Yeah. Huh? I was thinking biking, used to be hitting the gym like daily, had like, mashallah, like real fitness routines. I was trying yeah, to imitate, but. So, so those who don't know, obviously, I mean, we're talking a local brother. Well, local, I'm going to say local, is it's from Newcastle upon Tyne and in the northeast of England to our um, international viewers as well. Um, so we um, basically, Brother Muhammad al Hassan is from uh, Sudan. And uh, he came here to work. Was it work or study? Or to study first. He came Originally here to, study. to do his master's in uh, like computer science coding. Yeah. And then after yeah, so he, he uh, got studying. And then he got involved with the Dao organization here in Newcastle, which is the Islamic Diversity Center. And, and I, in all honesty, I say this to the brothers, like, I don't know if you guys, like Bobby, you might know, and, and Richard, you're right. 
but he just slot in so well. It was like yeah. it was like he was like you know when you ca- someone new comes and it's a little bit you know like in, in your in your group or in your your among friends and it's difficult to for someone else to come in and that kind of stuff. But he just slot straight in. It was like it was like it was yeah. like not being honest. Like so, like, I remember the first meeting, the team meeting. He came. I thought, okay, it's another brother. You know, he may come for a With meeting or two. And... Yeah, long yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay, I, I, let's see where he fits in. But like you said, Spanla, he just fit in and had that rapport with people. I think the yeah, key yeah. thing, what I felt is, is the sincerity. He came from <clears> Newcastle, and from what I know, he was Googling, trying to find some DAO organization within yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Found the Islamic Diversity Centre and wanted to do some good work. I think maybe that's why. Yeah, it's he's interesting just, because I remember yeah. when, when, when I first met him, right, he came here, he had no friends, no family, no Muslim f- friends or family here, and he was oh, studying oh, at Newcastle yeah. University, okay? And uh, I remember he, he mentioned something to me. He said, look, I'm going to, can you come to my graduation? Because I'm not going to have anybody there. Oh. So I went there to his graduation and I was the only person from his sort of circle that was there representing the Muslims and representing him, right? And, uh, you know, as you said, when he came to, when he joined IDC, you know, he's one of those brothers who not only did he slot straight in, but he was ready and ready to do anything, right? Whenever we asked him to get involved in any dawah activity, always he there. was there. He was ready to go. He was right? Sudanese late, but he was always there. May Allah reward him. May Allah <laughs> And I have to say, he, you know what? He represented the Sudanese people really, really well, mashallah, tabarakallah. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because, when, like I said, he, when he was, when was, when we talk about the dawah, joining, becoming a volunteer. So Richard said he was Googling, he was looking for somewhere, he found us, and then he wanted to join. We got him on, involved. But the thing was, like he said, it's, it's a testimony to his sincerity, inshallah. Whenever there was something that needed to be done for the dawah, no matter how big or small, if you needed to speak to people and call them directly to Islam, he would do that. If it was stuff behind the scenes and getting his, rolling his sleeves up and getting his hands dirty, he was ready to do that. And this is the type of brother we're talking about here that would give his, uh, uh, sacrifice his time and effort in order to help the dawah and help the brothers and this is the type of individual that he was so yeah this is you know we, um, and this is one of the reasons why we actually miss him even when he went back to Sudan a couple yeah. of years ago we were still in touch with him we still you know kept uh, kept in touch messaging each other having uh, fun and you know what this guy had banter by the way yeah you have oh, to understand this oh, yeah. this guy had bants right so you guys can share some of your stories with him as well inshallah yeah um so like i i was thinking oh actually when um when was the first time i actually met so i call uh al hassan uh, sedan so i um it was just sudani. i was <laughs> yeah sorry i call him sudani the sudani no yeah. just sudan it was just <laughs> his name just became sudan because there were so many muhammads and uh and, and he actually questioned me. He's like, you know, well, why did you give me just my name of the country? I was like, you know what? You, and maybe it co- goes on that thing. He represented Sudan well. So I just gave him the name Sudan. So every time, but he just accepted it. <laughs> it was just this thing. Uh, but I think I do change people's name a lot. Um, but yeah, I was thinking, when was the first time I actually met him? 
and I couldn't actually pinpoint it until I saw a video. And actually, it was at, uh, well, when I moved in with Richard and Zane in Belsay. And it was actually, we were having a gathering, I think. And we are having a meal. We used to have a lot of meals together. And we just used to, anybody used to come into yeah, the air. Uh, used to just come on, just roll on up and uh, chill. <laughs> It was uh, we just we just roll up. So then I think uh, I don't remember him like being there because it was like kind of who else was there? I think on the video there's uh, Tufayal and there's uh, there was Adam and Vince and so there's a few brothers there already. And then yeah, um, uh, Sudan used to be was just sitting on the couch and I remember looking back and just uh, Richard and Zane was talking to them to to him. But yeah, that was my first meeting and. He was very shy, um, or he, but he seemed very confident as well. He was a confident guy, and so I didn't want to speak to him because sometimes people like you know find me a bit too much. So I just kind of kept it quiet. But yeah, that was our first meeting. Was in a in one of our food. Food definitely brings people together. I think one of our meetings was food as well, bro. I think that was <laughs> it's always going to be for a pomo. So yeah. There's a, there's a good okay. few chips for the old farmer mission. There's plenty of those chips for us, The first time I met him, I remember it was in Discover Islam Week, and that's the annual event we have at the Newcastle University. And um, there's a lot of brothers comes in and sisters to help at that event. And obviously the IDC, for those who don't know, is uh, one of the main pillars of that event, which is, it started local, but became really international, local international event. And uh, he was obviously volunteering with the IDC, and I would usually have my corner where I display some of the artwork and uh, do some of the names for people. But yeah, um, I mean, I've noticed him first from the briefings, and then within the team working, he was so laid back, casual, um, and I was thinking, okay, he looks like a cheerful person. But then when you speak with him, he's very polite, he's very courteous, um, he was never, he, he was joyful, not playful, he was uh, pleasant, um, but but also earnest and serious, and that was really, the, the, the balance that the brother, mashallah, had, he always had a smile on, I don't know how I got this energy, he always had a smile on, big, brilliant smile, infectious smile, and when he was speaking with the people, the attendees of the marquee would come all for a week. He's one of the really dedicated volunteers there. Hmm. And he's always smiling. You cannot resist that smile, that big shining smile, mashallah, tabarakallah. I mean, the picture we have now, this is, this is, this is half a smile. His picture, his smile is always full on smile. And he's a pleasant, polite, courteous, thoughtful, caring person. Uh, for a while, uh, for the beginning, maybe I thought a bit dubious, maybe it's not really genuine. Um, it's not really genuine, but then, no, he, he's, the more I know him, the more I realize he's really genuine person. I, I've got a person you can ever meet. Sorry, I've got a picture for you guys, yeah? I didn't show this until now, yeah? Check this picture out. <laughs> So this, is, this is when me and him were helping clean up the uh, Discover Islam Week. We're just getting ready for Discover Islam Week. Uh, and the, so uh, I don't know what that sign is that I've got on. But yeah, uh, so he helped me out. And he helped me out. 
Well, like I say, like like brother said, like and whenever you ask him for help, he would always be there to help you, man. Every time you'd ask him for help, you want to do something, he would always be there to help. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing character. And I think this is a testament to him more than anything else that his character really shone through more than anything. Um, and I like, I think like everyone, it's a bit of a shock when I, when we found out. I mean, I found out it's a strange way of finding out though how how he passed away as well, because we found out through Facebook that you know on someone else's stream, and I was like, I didn't realize. And then I messaged, I messaged Richard, and I was like, Have you heard about this? Is this true? And like, he's in, he's like, I have no idea. It's a bit. And then Richard messaged me, and I was yeah. like, No, you're just. So that was yeah, the thing. Like, it was uh, you called me, like, bro, have you checked Facebook? I was like, no, what's going on? I just finished a Fast FM show, I think. So I went on Facebook and I saw a lot of um, comments in Arabic and Nelly and different things. And I was thinking, Spala, what's happened? Has, has he left his company? Is it, is it a joke? Is it this or that? So I started I didn't you know, think it was true the time I saw it, bro. Yeah. yeah. I started messaging those people I was posting and mm. then I obviously reached out to his brother and um, those in Sudan. And Spala found out. I think for me, it was more the, um, the shock because. Just a week, be- a week before on the Thursday, I had a phone call with him. We were discussing some things. Um, yeah. I was joking with him, like, oh, you know, you didn't die of COVID and it's about like this and that. And then it was just ne- like, it was never a thought that a week later, he would not reply to any of my messages again. Yeah. And so like, I think it was the, just the shock of a brother that came to Newcastle and was very close to me and, and did a lot of amazing work that he went so suddenly. But one yeah. thing that I did find amazing was when I let people know, brothers that didn't necessarily know him, maybe they played football with him occasionally, maybe they seen him at the Islamic Society, they always spoke of his good character, his good manners. And so I noticed that many things came out afterwards that I didn't know about. So for example, I saw on um, Facebook that he designed uh, a blood bank website in Sudan. He was a co-founder. Yeah, Yes, Swala, um, he was a like a co-founder of this blood bank and he designed the website. But for many rare blood types in Sudan, you could go on the website and you could donate wow. blood. And Swala, from what I know, saved many lives and the Ministry of Health in Sudan, they tweeted about him. But these things, you know, he didn't tell me. He didn't say, oh, I'm working on this project, I'm doing this. But so many little things that came out afterwards really showed me the sincerity of the brother. Um, that he wasn't there to show off, he wasn't there to seek fame. He was mm. just sincere and doing doing good work, and uh, Spotlight. Uh, mm. It reminds me of the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know that when you pass away, your deeds come to an end, except for those three beneficial deeds: beneficial knowledge that you leave away, a, a charity that continues, or um, a righteous child that makes du'a for you. And for me, I noticed that so many people were making du'a. I went on Twitter. You know, someone posted and it had like nine hundred shares, five hundred shares. So many people making <coughs> for the brother, and so many people speaking positively about him. It, made, it really made me think what will people say about me, and what will be my situation when when I pass away. So Spala was uh, had a big effect upon me. I mean, you might have noticed. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the comments, mashallah, and some of the brothers who are local as well. I mean, uh, and sisters who are local. Um, they knew. They knew, and they met. The brother, and they can again, it's testament to him himself. I think you can put some of these comments up there, brother Hassan. Yeah, but also, whoever's commenting, if you know the brother and you want to come on and say a few come words, on. jump on. 
The link, I think, Hassan, have you changed? Have you shared the link with everybody? Yeah, share the it's link on there. Yeah, if you want to jump on man. and say a few words, then feel free to do so. Honestly, no, look at this, man. Jump on, Abu Amira. He says, "Look, uh, it was an honor to know the brother." And I have to say, yeah, it was an honor to know him, right? Because, like I said, I have a lot of respect, generally speaking, for people who um, are dedicated to the da'wah and dedicated giving their time for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've got all the time in the world for people like that, right? I really do. And so he was one of those people who I really, really do respect or did respect and, and loved for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I really, really do. And honestly, he's going to be a, a huge loss for us uh, as a da'wah organization, as an ummah, as a family. You know, we're going to really feel his uh his lack of presence right because like i said it doesn't matter you know what when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects your hearts together right based upon this beautiful deen of ours it doesn't matter where the person is around the world your hearts are connected right which means that your minds are connected you're thinking about people no matter where they are they could be thousands of miles away and you could still have a a, a relationship with that person so this is, you know, this is something that we have to be mindful of. You know, when we're, and we should take some benefit from this, brothers and, uh, and sisters. Look, you know, and uh, the purpose of this program is to remind ourselves and benefit from this. And I know that he would want people to benefit from this as well, right? It's uh, uh, what we have to remind ourselves is this that death is inevitable for every single person. The question you have to ask yourselves is, what did you prepare for it? What have you prepared for it? Now, Muhammad wasn't prepared, wasn't, didn't think he was going, I'm sure he didn't think he was going to die at this moment. But subhanAllah, he had prepared for it, even if he didn't realize he was preparing for it. Right? By doing the good deeds, by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by putting himself forward for the, for the betterment of humanity, doing good deeds i mean even his work projects like richard said was for a a blood donation uh, project right which helps saves lives okay even in his work and in his spare time so the point is you know this is why i remind everybody all the time that give some of your time for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give some of your time for the dawah to help show what how beautiful this religion is Get those good deeds, get those rewards. Okay, run for rush for them. Allah tells us in Surah Baqarah, race towards those good deeds. Okay, and you will see. And by the way, I'm not a fan of this whole legacy building business that people have started. Right, build your legacy. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will honor you with a legacy if you are sincere, and that's the reality of it all. You don't go chasing a legacy, you do things. To please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's accepted by Allah, then He will leave you a legacy that is worthy of a true legacy. Okay? And and look at and, and I and I and I believe that the same with this brother who's who was close to us, who passed away. He wasn't chasing a legacy. There's a difference between leaving a legacy and chasing a legacy, right? He did he wasn't chasing a legacy, he was he left a legacy. Why? Because of the impact that he had on the people around him through his manners, and as the Prophet ﷺ said, he came to teach us manners, 
he uh, put himself forward to help this religion by volunteering for a Dawah organization. As soon as he came here, he gave his time to help Islam. And he was a worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, this brother had knowledge, you know, he had ilm. Yeah. He wasn't well. somebody who was a layperson. And look at the humbleness of him. He didn't pitch himself like a sheikh or a student of knowledge or anything like that. Nobody, most people didn't know he had knowledge until you sat with him and talked to him and he would give you, he would drop gems on you, right? Based upon evidence. I remember we... Sunnah. Go for it, Bobby. Yes, bro. Sorry. I remember like, so in, again, in, in Belsay or um, in Richard's, uh, Richard and Zane's flat, we used to have these kind of gatherings and then, you know, uh, we uh, these guys used to really go into the and I'm I'm not as knowledgeable, um, but these guys used to you know bring hadith and stuff and yeah um actually I remember I forgot what topic it was on, uh but he he would just speak about it and he was like no I wonder if it was oh, I can't it's remember I think it was image making because I'm a bit of an artist and he was like no and you know and he was when he when he need to make a point. Uh, sorry, no, no, it, must be, it must be one of them controversial topics because he, he was always jumping, yeah, in yeah, but yeah, yeah. He and but you know what, he, like you said, he would all the guys were very passionate, so you know, there's a bit few kind of you can see some kind of um just passion into the conversation, mm. um, but they they were never disrespectful like he was never like you say he was never disrespectful you know yeah. even when passions are you know he would just kind of say how it is and you know and just really just uh kind of get the point across but without having to kind of um you know be, before it leading into a big massive argument or whatnot and i think that just kind of when you were saying that uh he did have a lot of knowledge as well which and you you wouldn't really tell but when he when there was a passionate uh uh topic when he was something passionate about, oh, he definitely had knowledge that would come out. <laughs> and you know, one thing is beautiful about him. You know, you know when he was when he would debate with people or disagree with people, he would do it in the most beautiful way as well. Yeah, he never well, so rubbed it. There's plenty of times where we've had again in the in a. It, it always seems to be in a car journey, right? <laughs> yeah, Richard knows, yeah, because it was always them car journeys. Right, and and there were so many topics that we'd bring up, but but to be well, honest with you, it was one of those things where you looked forward to it. I actually looked forward to yeah, a conversation with them, so I could sit and just have those deep conversations and those deep discussions with them on those different issues. And it was it was like honestly, and you, you it was insightful, man. It was really insightful what he like what he would bring to the table, and I think for me. You know, like when we talk about death and we talk about well, Allah takes his servants, right? Allah knows best, right? And I'm just saying this is I I I don't know the I don't know the wisdom behind of this, why Allah took his soul so early that he did, or whatever the wisdom is, and I know Allah's got a wisdom behind it. There's definitely a wisdom behind him taking our brother's soul so so early, right? In in relatively speaking, yeah. But I think, and this is just my own thoughts, right? So don't don't quote me on any thought of fatwas or anything like that, right? But if there was ever a brother to take, for us to rectify ourselves and stop and look and go, 
I need to sort my life out. I need to I need to stop sinning. I need to start doing this. I need to start doing that. That's the brother to take. You know what I mean? It's like that's the brother who would make you start going, wow, if Allah takes his soul, I need to start sorting my life out and sorting myself out. And that's one of the biggest things I took from from his from his death, to be honest. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's true. Let's get let's get Johnny and Jazzy in this conversation, guys. Come on, let's uh Let's get hustle yeah. in, man. He's not said nothing. There. Just yes, another. Eddie, Eddie, bro. No, no. Say something. Eddie, bro. Um, yes, Johnny. Do you remember? Do you remember we had a, a beautiful journey with the London? Me, you, and him. We went to London together. That was a five hours journey, and he had some issue with his passport. He wanted to renew that. So yeah. that time, I spent the most time with him. And um, all I want to say, like Swalby said, I called Swalby. Still, I was shaking as Swalby. I, I couldn't believe it because that was, I was literally shaking when I seen that um, message on WhatsApp. And I was like, SubhanAllah, this is a huge message for me to rectify myself and realize that this could be me and that and it could be tomorrow as well. I mean, any brother can just get a message from like, Johnny is no more. And that's just very possible. But since the false sense of security that we have, I have still time, I'm young, I'm healthy. It's just all delusion, obviously. And... I personally feel one thing good. Our prophet said, if you love someone, tell them that you love them. So I remember mm. telling him, I said, bro, you have a beautiful smile and I just love it. And he was laughing. I was like, yeah. So I feel still today, I feel a sense of comfort. I told that brother, the brother, I love you. And you have a beautiful smile. And that uh, there's nothing that I can remember about that brother, but good things. Such a gentle brother, and good, good, other, good, good manner. And... And this is the huge thing that we remember him with the goodness and we ask Allah to make his grave the garden of paradise because mm. this is it. This is the thing that is happening. This is our dua is the most needed for him. He is there and that's all we can do. And so on the people in the dawah, like uh, uh, A.T. was saying, do something. Make your effort to like leave a legacy, not build a legacy. And if Allah wants, if Allah accepts from you, and the, Allah will establish that. That's just a self-evident. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jazzy, what are you saying? You've been on many a car journey with him. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum How's everyone? Yeah, man. I, I just remember, to be honest, I think I was probably the first one of everyone who, um, uh, IDC, who met him. Um, he, he came, I remember, he came, this, this, um, he came to IDC. And I was like, oh my days, who, who you bought? Yeah, there's this big afro. He's, he used to always wear his trainers and his shoes. But I remember this. He used to fold his shoes in and never and slip uh, and slip them on. Came on his bike, really softly spoken. And uh, Abu Tayyip said to me, um, bro, we finally got someone to build our app. I was like, Alhamdulillah, it's been like five years since we want to build up. We, we can get someone now. So literally, uh, Alhamdulillah, like it, it, as soon as he came from the minute he came, bro, he just like, he, he was there. Anything that we needed from him, mashallah, the, the bro did everything. He, I remember that first meeting that we sat down. Um, I inducted him. I said, what do you want to get involved? And he said, I want to get involved in everything. And literally, he did. Um, from that moment, he literally, any time that um, the dawah needed him, he, he would be there. And he was quite a shy brother, to be honest. He um, When he first came to IDC, he, he was in his shell. And I think really, alhamdulillah, you know, being around uh, the brothers in, in the dawah really helped him get on his shell and grow his confidence. Uh, and from um, speaking at events, from doing the, the, the Taoist stall to feeding the homeless, 
Mashallah, the brother literally did everything and he was a true servant to the Dawah, um, especially here in the Northeast as well. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I've I'm, I'm, I'm missed him because I didn't see him with his afro. So, oh, he's talking about this afro and I'm like, damn, I didn't see this Bro, afro. man, bro, like, Mashallah, the bro came and like, literally, I think it was a few promo trips and you, we saw the transformation in him. And the, a few car journeys with this. He went from having that foot and then he started grooming himself. Mashallah, he got really fit. You, we, literally, you really get to know someone when you like you eat with them or you travel with them yeah. um, or you work with them. And we did everything with him. He, he, he even played football with us. And you know, usually the bros get quite heated in football, but even then he was chilled. He's probably one of the most chilled out people I've ever met in my life. And we can't get heated when we play football, but bro, mashallah, that guy played football with a smile on his face. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Well, I, as I say, I noticed that as well is after he passed away, even non-Muslims that he used to play football with yeah. and colleagues, they were posting on his wall, you know, having, they said like, we're having a, a non-alcoholic beer in your memory. So, you know, he wasn't just, you know, the Muslim brothers. Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic. It was even um, the non-Muslims you played football with and colleagues. Um, he had an impact upon them. Um, as well as the fact that they left, you know, comments and things like this. So that was... Amazing to see as well. People that I didn't know that he knew and things like this. And I, I know as well, he told me, you know, at work, he used to speak to people about Islam, have some discussions with people there. So, um, as well, that's amazing to see. Yeah, bro, do you know what it is on that? On that um, when, I, when I heard about um, his, his passing, you know, I have mercy on him. I was upset, yeah. So I actually went upstairs. I left my family. I went upstairs to just be on my own for a few minutes. My brother-in-law was coming to the house and... My daughter comes to the room and she goes, uh, you won't mind me saying this, right? He goes, she goes, um, uncle's uh, mamu's crying and we don't know why. I was like, you what? So I went downstairs and I go in the room and he's sitting there with all the family, like just pouring. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, he just looks at me, he goes, Al-Hassan. I was like, what? You knew him? I didn't even know he knew him, bro. He knew mm. him from football, yeah? And then uh, subhanAllah, I just grabbed him out the room and then we both just hugged, to be honest, and just like, Consoled each other. To be honest with you, it was uh, it was a tough time for I think a lot of us um, when we found out. It was shock, absolute, because yeah. uh, sh he was so young, vibrant. You know, uh, just a beautiful soul, bro. And I think like like you say, Abu Tayyib, like look at us on this team now. You know, we're here for his for, for him basically. You know, uh, to as a tribute, and I mean, so many other people have passed, and you know, I hate to say it, we haven't done it for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, they, and someone said yeah. to me, they said, they said um, you know, uh, it's a part of life. Death is a part of life. Yes, it is. But you know, um, not everybody's created the same. And sometimes yeah. there are special people. And Allah is created. And He, Wallahi, bro, that was a special one, bro. Yeah. Bro. Well, think about this, bro. He's, he was only with us for a few years. Let's be honest, yeah. Yeah. He was only with us for a few years here in the northeast in Newcastle. And look at the impact that he had, right? On all of us. And this is really more of a Northeast tribute for him, right? Because yeah. really, we should have his family on here. We should have some of his friends from yeah. back home. And and the link is there. If you know if you know them, tag them in here. Let's get them on and let them share some of their um, stories with him as well, inshallah, yeah, about him as well. So this is more of a Northeast tribute for his very short time that he was here with us um, in the Northeast. You've got brothers and sisters all over the Northeast who are they were making dua for him, genuinely, right? And and we are making genuine dua for him, inshallah. So, yeah, look, 
there's so many things that we can talk about, and we will talk about them, inshallah, as the show goes on. Many things to benefit from and remind ourselves about. Using Brother Muhammad Hassan. Now, of course, he had his faults, like all of us do. He's human be he's a human being. He he has his good points and his bad points. Yeah, we're only going to share the good things that we know about him. But we have to remember, we're not going to go to extremes. On one hand, go to an extreme where we idolize him and make out like he had no faults and, and, and was sinless. And at the other hand, on the other side, we're not going to do him some injustice by not showing uh, the, 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 you know, the beauty of what, he's, what he left behind, right? And the Prophet Wasallam, like I said, he, he showed us how to deal with these things, right? He showed us how we should respond. And there's been some questions about, you know, what should you do when death happens? Are you allowed to do this? Are you allowed to do that? Well, look, the point is this. This brother, Muhammad al-Hassan, and I can say this from knowing him, he was very firmly um, dedicated to following the Qur'an and the authentic sunnah. Not, not following the culture or the cultural norms of his society or anybody else's society for that matter. But he opposed that. Yeah. He, 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 he tried to, to the best of his knowledge and to the best of his ability, try to follow the Quran and the Sunnah in his life as much as he could. So the, ben the, the, the lessons and reminders that we have to take from this is that we ourselves have to try and follow the Quran and the Sunnah and that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will see that Allah will honor us in this life and the next life, inshallah. Right? Inshallah. And we have to try and do that. If we don't try and follow the footsteps of the Prophet and we start doing things in the religion that are impermissible to do, or things which go oppose the religion, right? Then you're not going to fall into that category. So we have to try and remember. Now remember, uh, the Brother Muhammad, he used to come to classes the different halakas in the masjid or at IDC or whatever it was that wherever he would go to try and get some knowledge. And like I said, this is a testimony to his humbleness. He had knowledge. He should have been teaching us. Yeah. But we were teaching him. Right? And this is this is the, the, the where you see, you know, the fruits of knowledge uh, weigh heavy on a person, you know, so you can humble yourself to that extent. And so, you know, we have to take lessons from this, guys. This is an important opportunity for us to remind ourselves and take lessons that we need to, if we need to fix up, we fix up. If we are doing good things, we encourage ourselves and each other to do more good deeds and good things. And inshallah, Allah will honor us in this life and the next life, right? Like so this is what we have to remember. Yes. A, 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 a companion came to the Prophet ﷺ and asked him, when will the hour be? And the Prophet didn't answer the question, rather he, he, he answered the question with another question. He said, what have you prepared for it? You're asking about the hereafter, but what have you prepared for the hereafter? And this is why reminding ourselves about death is a good thing. We don't run away from that. And look at this comment, subhanAllah. So important to remind ourselves of death all the time. It's something we cannot escape. It's a, we, we as believers, we're not scared or shy to talk about death. Why? Because it's a reminder for us that this life that, we, that we're on here is very short. And this life we, that we're living right now, the, 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 the breath in our lungs right now could stop at any time. 
But have we done enough while we were here to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to serve humanity, to do good deeds and rush to do those good deeds and getting those rewards? And most importantly, seeking the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because only through the mercy of Allah are we going to get Jannah, essentially. So we have to, you know, take these these lessons and these reminders and look at the brothers, the, the, the pious brothers around us. And, and and there's another point here as well. We can digress even further. And that is the Prophet taught us to, to look at who our companions are. Right? Because you'll be upon the same way as your companions. If your friends are good, then inshallah you will be with the good. In, in, in the next life If your friends are bad It's going to have an impact on you in this life And in the next life So look to whom your friends are And look at brother Muhammad al-Hassan When he came here to, to Newcastle Not knowing a single Muslim He came And who did he seek out He didn't just say Oh well I'll just have friends whoever I'm with No he went and sought out Friends who he thought were righteous and good Because they'd be good for him And he may be good for them so these this is these are some very important lessons that we can learn about you know what what we should be doing in this life and ultimately guys look we were not created except to worship him alone and this is something that we have to remind ourselves what is worship that's another discussion and conversation but we're here for a, for a purpose a reason and if we do good in this life, then inshallah we make dua and we pray that we, we are resurrected in the next life with the righteous, with the righteous people, the righteous souls. And that we can be, you know, um, entered into Jannah for the, the, the good that we did on this earth and being upon, among the right people in the next life, inshallah. By Allah's mercy, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive everybody who's passed away. Amen. Forgive them for all their sins, all the righteous, all the people that we know and don't know. And we ask them to uh, give them all genital for those. And, and like I said, when I first heard about Muhammad Hassan and uh, Ajaz and Sahil were there, the first thing I said was, you know, may we, may we unite in Jannah. May we unite in Jannah. He was close to us in this life and I pray we're close to him in the next life in Jannah, inshallah. We have a, we have a brother of ours. Sorry, Richard, go on. Just um, the same point. No, no, you can go. Do you want to go, Johnny? You can go, Johnny. No, no, go, Richard. It's all right. No, no. Um, no, it's not me. Who has the bigger beard? They have right of way. Uh, Sorry, I've got the least. Uh, Age. Age. I think I'm winning on that one. Does Does mine count? No, Johnny, sit down, please. <laughs> Brother Richard, so, Bismillah. Uh, subhanallah. Um, one of the things that people usually try to every uh, Friday, and uh, there's an important ayah in Surah Kahf that says, And then Allah Azza wa Jal says, You need to be patient. But you need to be patient with those people who worship Allah Azza wa Jal day and night. And obviously nobody's worship Allah day and night in terms of 24 hours because you sleep. But that is an indication to the mosque where people, there's always people there praying to Allah Azza wa Jal. When Muhammad al-Hassan 
being a human being, yes, you know, everybody have uh, their faults, but he tried his best. So when he came and he was in a foreign country, where everything is allowed, away from the restrictions of the society that everybody know him, away from restrictions of the family, friends, you know, he had total freedom. Nobody can see what he would do, but he did. Mm. He sought the companions that would help him to stay steady on the path to Allah. Going back, inshallah, to Jannah, inshallah. And he chose the the, comp the, com the company that helped him to study the past. And even when he was coming to some halakat or some lessons where he might have more knowledge and humbly just listen, he's still maintaining himself in that hemisphere. He's staying with that same company because this is what we Muslims should be doing. No matter where we go, we should be looking first for the mosque. We should be looking first for where we're going to pray our time, work, our brothers and sisters, our, be, our friends, where we'll be. And rightfully, what you said about Tayyip Muhammad says, you know, the, the companion is, um, choose your companions because if they're like handle misc, you'll always, if they're good people, you'll always have that scent from people who carry the misc on them. But if they were like uh, an African king, the people who blow in the, um, in the fire to melt the, the island, they'll always have that smell on you and stays with you. So your friends are always there going to be, have the effect on you, whether you, be, whether you want or not. And one thing, you know, I've just struck me also what you notice in Jannah, because one of the good things about the good company is when people go to Jannah and then um, maybe friends will ask about, you know, where's one of our friends? And that's the hadith. They say, oh, Allah Azza wa Jalla, there was one person who was always with us. What is he? So, well, he didn't make it one way or another to Jannah. So, mm -hmm. they'll start vouching for him to actually join them in Jannah. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters, when your friends in Jannah asking for you and they become the reason why you actually go into Jannah? Yes, and this is right. something that struck me as well with the IDC. I mean, I was shocked like everyone else. Um, yes, he was young and in Bashallah. Um, fit and vibrant and you wouldn't think you know death might come for such a young lad probably uh naively would think sometimes this way but what i was shocked well not shocked but i was really happy and surprised is how the idc all the our group everybody was in shock and everybody was coming together uh, he left a legacy he didn't seek it but he left it because he was just a good muslim and just head, head down, doing good all the time. But then the IDC, when they come together, and I thought to myself, I hope that the, the brothers from the IDC will remember me in heaven, inshallah, and call for me. Jazakumullah khair. Inshallah. We've got a lot of comments, guys. Has uh, anybody want, has anyone joined the studio, Hassan, from, from the viewers, or anybody who's been given the link, who wants to join no, us? Uh, no. They haven't so joined us. Hill does win. <laughs> Hill wins what? The beer uh, competition. Well, it's not. Ah. Uh, anyway. I don't um, know. I think what did is Bobby's not longer. Right. Bobby's got the whole ZZ top. Should look I get the tape measure out? All right. <laughs> you know he's got the whole ZZ top look going on as well with the hat and the glasses. <laughs> I think um, I just want to add, like you know, something I think uh, for me. Uh, something for me was that actually um so i messaged him as well uh i messaged him when i first found out 
Um, and then I was like, hey, brother, you know, I hope you're good and stuff. Um, inshallah, you know me, I'll give you shifa and you recover. And then um, on on the Tuesday, so so on the Tuesday, actually, basically what happened was um, I was I had got COVID. So I was COVID positive. So I was like, hey, um, I'll have, and I think on the Tuesday I messaged him. I was like, hey, um, I've got it as well now. You know, we made this joke basically when the guys came over to my house one time on a Eid. Um, I got all the brothers to wear like hats and glasses. So um, I think he uh, he wore one, and I think my grandma called at the time or something like this. Um, so I I put the camera in front of him. And my mum was like, oh, uh, sorry, my grandma was like, Balu. Uh, she calls me Balu. So instead of Bobby, she calls me Balu. It's like, Balu. So I, we, we, we fooled our grandma. So she, I was like, oh, grandma, you don't even recognize me. How's this? You know? And so uh, uh, Sudan was just, we were just laughing. We were absolutely in hysterics because of it. So I did message him when I had got COVID and I was like, you know, we fooled our grandma. And then I was like, now I have COVID, you know, and now we're like, we're twins. We're probably all related. Something, you know, just joke like that. So we made him laugh. And um, and then and I think that, that that's the thing. And then obviously when you find out on, on Tuesday, you're speaking and then uh, Friday, just that's it. When, when you get the message, it, it, it really hit me hard. And I think because I was in isolation, I was like, oh, this could have been me and uh, you know it could be anyone you know and I, and I think why it hit me so hard was you know why am I still here you know why is Al-Hassan and I and it it shocked me so much um I I literally broke you know I broke down the whole day like I, I was just um, like ghosting everybody I, I think I think that played on me so much um and I struggled with it. And I, even to this day, I still think, you know, why am I here? Uh, like, why am I? And why I'm always like thinking, you know, and obviously we know it's the wisdom and, you know, and it's a blessing that I'm here, you know, uh, you know, maybe I haven't well, done enough. Like that, and, sorry. I know. I know it's hard to say, but you shouldn't think like that, bro, because there's a reason why yeah. Allah's kept you here. Yeah, Allah's kept exactly. you here to do more good deeds. And, and look, yeah. do more good. Look, you never know why Allah takes a person's soul, you know, and yeah. Al Hassan's one of those people that you don't know why Allah took his soul. Maybe, and we all, and, and look, maybe the I, may, I don't know Al Hassan's dua that Allah, Allah, he may have made dua to Allah, or Allah take my soul when you're pleased with me. I don't know that, and it may have yeah. been the fact that Allah, in Allah's wisdom and in infinite wisdom, He's taken his soul. But there's a reason why you're here, bro, and that there's you know there's more yeah. for you to do. That's why, bro. You know? Yeah, I think I was I was in a grief stage and you know yeah. in like a natural process of grief know is, you, you know, you start questioning and but yeah, you know, we all know that, you know, if it's your time to go, you nothing can it, it, it's your time to go. Um and yeah, may we all go with when Allah's pleased with us, isn't it? I mean, um I mean. I mean it's it's interesting you say that because like like when when, when our dad passed away. The only real thing I say to people is that what helped me get through it and what helped me make sense of it all is is knowing Islam and knowing why Allah yeah. does certain things and and the qadr of Allah. Right? I used to work in a yeah. I used yeah. to work in a place where uh, there was a, a non-Muslim there who every I think it was like March time every March he would get really depressed. He was get he would like get so depressed and I was like, why do you get so depressed during this month? He goes, it's when my dad passed away. And he goes, I just, to this day, I just can't, I can't understand it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with it. And I, obviously when, when dad passed away, I was reflecting over this, this point. And I was like, 
for me, I can get it. I can understand it because I've got, I've got I, I know, I know why Allah does these things in a sense. You know, I don't know the wisdom of, of Allah, but I know that Allah has wisdom behind why He does certain things. And you know, you know that that this life is not the end. It's not. This is not. This is not. This life is not the be all and the end all. There's more to life. There's more to life, and that is the end. The next life, and that's the point. Is the point is, and this is this is again the stories that and the lessons I'm getting. And you learn these lessons. You kind of pick up these lessons when people close to you pass away. And the lesson I've learned, and the lesson I am learning, um, is that is that focus more on your akhirah. Focus on the akhirah. Allah will bring Allah will bring the dunya to you and give you the dunya. But focusing on the akhirah is the key point. So, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, Brian. I think it was. I think, like I say, I think grief is a is a is a huge part of it all. And Trying to make sense of it all is is and that's why. But I think I think having Deen and having an understanding of why Allah does these things, or or, or having Islam does really help. To be honest with you, and helped me. I know that much. And also, yeah, no, I think, and um, I totally agree. I think. Go on, Johnny. Now, also, also we we have to see our life with the lens of Islam, obviously, and that gives you the answer that that. It is better for Brother Al Hassan to be with Allah, who is more merciful to him than anyone who could ever be. And Allah has His infinite hikmah, why He took His soul in that moment, and that was His time. And also the suffering that we we do, and that all makes sense when you see that is the light end of the tunnel, and that is Islam. And Allah, if you didn't have Islam, you didn't have the Tawhid, you could never make sense of your suffering, your hardship. It just becomes so difficult because you don't have that lens. The only thing we can make sense of it because we know Allah is our king. He knows, and the reason that I am here because Allah wants me to rectify myself. Allah wants me to do that will make Him pleased, and He will take myself when it is best. My job is here as long as I'm breathing to make Toba and better myself every single day, even though it is very hard. <laughs> we can never give up. I think that's that's the general approach and blessing of Islam to have in your life. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just like uh, hang on. Just like Sohail said, like, you know, um, actually him going was actually a reminder for us as well. And I think, and I let's totally agree with that when you when you said that. Yeah, man, there's a, there's a, you know, when we're talking about how when, when we found the news that he passed, there's a brother of ours, right, who basically when, <laughs> when, when Allah son, may Allah have mercy on him, when he left to go to Sudan, right, he, um, <laughs> <laughs> he had he had like because <laughs> obviously he's trying to take all of his stuff with him right and this man was like 20 kg over over the limit right it was like it was like 400 pound and he was like i'm not paying that right so <laughs> what we did was we um we, we weighed the stuff right and then he, he he got some of his hand luggage and all the rest of it that he kept <laughs> because of that we took it back to the car and we started filling up the rest of the stuff he had like six watches on he had like three four tops on he had lots of stuff on to try and get on the plane right? right but obviously we couldn't take everything we couldn't still take everything so he left some of the stuff with uh with our one of our brothers okay and um and uh when 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 i told when i called the bro well he called me uh because he heard about his passing and um, it was the same day. It was the same exact. It was like it was like thirty minutes after he passed. Right, we, we heard about. He heard about it, and he called me and was asking, "Is this the truth?" And he goes, "He goes, I don't want to sound dramatic or anything like that, but 
I was honestly, I walked past his stuff because his stuff's in the loft or in, in, a, in, a, in a place. And he goes, I was actually thinking of calling him today and get and asking what he wants me to do with this stuff because it's been so long. I was like, come on, Alhassan, bro, what do you want me to do with this stuff, right? And he goes that once he heard his passing, obviously he had a look through the stuff and he goes like, he goes, bro, there were books, there were his, some of his clothes, but there were Islamic books uh, on other books. And he goes, bro, and he goes, he goes to me, he goes to Hill, there was a Sunnah box in there. He's like, bro, who has a Sunnah box? Only, only someone, only Al Hassan would have some, like a Sunnah box in there. I don't know what the Sunnah box is, but it has like Sunnah box written on it. And he's like, he's like, only this guy would have something called a Sunnah box, man. And he's like, and then, and then we all both had a little bit of, you know, we just consoled each other as well a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was like, it was like when you think about like the kind of person he was again, just humble, bro, just really humble, humble person, man. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Anyone else want to mention anything or any from from the? Uh, we've got a lot of comments coming in, by the way, guys. Um, I'm looking at the local brothers, the local guys, man. Come and join the stream, man. Come and join the stream. Come on the stream. Yeah, so um, I reached out to Sheikh Sadan. Um, he apologized, sadly, he can't make it at the moment. Um, inshallah, he's uh, maybe his brothers are going to try and join. But uh, obviously, the time difference and things is Sadan. He's not able to join. But you know, as well, I had a good, good, good few conversations with Sheikh Sadan and. Well, as we know him, he's called Sheikh Zidane, but he was, uh, as as a, a good good brother and a good friend and, uh, I guess, the Sheikh of Al Hassan. So give it, give uh, it a bit of context, who's in Sweden, yeah? Who is he? You, you get the context, man. So the context <laughs> is that whenever Al Hassan wanted to get a fatwa, <laughs> you know, the good fatwas, right? He would... <laughs> no, whenever he wanted to get a fatwa or a ruling or, or kind of like some insight or a... You know, in more depth of, on a topic, he would call his sheikh, um, who we we uh, affectionately call Sheikh Sadam, because whenever he got that fatwa, we were like, "Yep, I agree with that. Let's go with that." Alhamdulillah. No, but he's a good brother. I remember, you know, he I sat with him, like not in person, but I had an issue, a confusion. Al Hassan, he called him directly, and Spala, you know, he gave me some good advice. Um, then, Sunnah, then together, they were very, very close. His answers, his answers were all about keeping on the Quran and Sunnah and what the Quran and Sunnah said. Very good, Mahkama. Brothers, um, just want to say this day, today, the same day, like um, my sister-in-law died three years ago. Oh, and that was today's the day um, she was 18. Um, to make dua for her. And obviously all of her family is in grief, obviously, today's the day. She was very young. She was the youngest. youngest yeah, subhanAllah, I remember. One and mm. subhanallah it's just um, so difficult i was just talking to my mother-in-law and i'm just gonna join that they have a, they're having a obviously zoom call to speak to mom so i just realized that it's a good time to ask dua for uh, two brothers to make dua for her um, as well so, um, she was very young and she was even young you see, mm. she was the youngest one and allah chose her allah took her uh, and she subhanallah we don't know today how she died and Doctor gives some explanation that doesn't make sense, and obviously mm. would it what it could, but it just your time. Subhanallah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I recall, I recall when it was happening, and you know, may Allah, may Allah accept it from her and give her jannah, and, I mean, and I mean, more importantly, give her family, uh, her siblings and her parents, <laughs> the patience to deal with it. And this is something that's important, and another important point here, guys. Yeah, that 
look, as I mentioned right at the beginning, it doesn't matter, you know, what age you are, Allah can take your soul as he sees fit, right? And there is a hikmah behind that. There's a wisdom behind that. And, uh, you know, even in, even in some of my classes, I explain this, that for the people around that person who's passed away, your family member, whoever it might be that you're close to, this is a way for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to teach you patience. Because you can't learn patience in a classroom, guys. You have to go through a hardship or a calamity in order to learn that skill. Allah and it is a skill, right? To to have to earn to learn patience, you have to go through some form of hardship in order to learn that. And and this is why sometimes when these things happen, we shouldn't despair in the from, from the mercy of Allah. We shouldn't despair. But we have to, yes, of course, we will get upset. Yes, of course, our emotions sometimes might get the better of us. But it, it shouldn't allow, it should not, our, our iman should be strong enough that it should not allow us to go beyond what is acceptable or pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why it's so important that we uh, follow the, the footsteps of the Prophet Is there any greater person who walked the face of the earth than the Prophet and he had more calamities and more hardship than any of us put together and if you look at how when he lost his son who was a child look at how he responded to that did he go over the top and start screaming and shouting and blaming and no he never did or even questioning why he never did any of that he said the hearts grieve, the, the, the tears flow, but we don't say or do anything which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We still stay within the limits. Okay? And and this is how we learn, and this is what makes us human. We we learn patience through these things. Okay, so and this is what this is a test of our iman. Do you think Allah Allah tells us in the Quran, do you think that you will not be tested? Just because you say you believe. No, we will be tested. We will be, you know, our iman, our iman will be will be checked. Okay, so um, this is why it's so important that we take these lessons and learn from it. And it's so this is why knowledge is so important. Ilm is so important. So that we know how to implement this religion, this beautiful religion of ours, and so that we stay measured and balanced at all times. We don't go overboard in one way. And we don't go extreme or negligent in another way. So we stay within the extremes. We stay balanced. And the Prophet was the balance. He shows us how we are balanced. How to be balanced. Okay? When we respond even to the most greatest of difficulties and calamities. And you know, may Allah reward uh, your, your sister-in-law and, and, and your family, bro. Because it is tough. Especially when it's young. Everybody knows the youngest is the, is the spoilt one, right? Everyone yeah. knows the youngest is the, is the most loved one. Okay? Yes. And it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. But this is part of life. This is what this is where we are being tested for our iman. Okay? So, and, you know, may Allah accept everybody's uh, efforts uh, for being patient. And, and you have to be really patient with that. You know, I really do hey, admire bro. your in-laws, bro. I really do. Hey, bro. Uh, before, before Get this brother on first. Get this brother on. Brother Rudolph. Rudolph, you got to get on the stream, bro. Why aren't you on the stream? Get on the yeah. stream, bro. 
before I go and join my family meeting, I just want to say to everyone that I love you all, brothers. Allahi, I am so honored to have you all my uh, as my brother. Allahi, I didn't know that you guys exist. Allah had a plan. I came from Bangladesh and I found all of you as my family. Allahi, the immense support that I got from you guys emotionally, I mean, it's just a beyond. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward you all. And your reward all is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's all I ask. And if I ever said anything to you guys ever, and I'm asking publicly, forgive me, brothers, but know that your brother loves you. And I love you all, bro. That's all. I'm going to go join my family meetings. Please um, make dua for my family and make dua for me. My parents are unwell in Bangladesh. Please make dua. I can't go due to the coronavirus. But make dua that may Allah make it easy for me too, so that I can go and visit them, inshallah. Yeah, so there you go, guys. Where's Rudolph? Why has he not joined us? He's in bed. <laughs> what kind of excuse is that? Come on, man. He's got an early start, bro. No, it doesn't matter. Just do it with the lights off. Just do it with the lights off. We don't mind. I think um, just a quick advice, I think, to all the listeners that, inshallah, they can make dua for the brother Muhammad al-Hassan. Allah forgives him. Yeah. The, du'a, the du'a is powerful. And uh, I think it's one of the key things that we can all do for him. Inshallah. So anyone listening, anyone that watches this in the future, make du'a for him. He was an amazing brother that affected us all in, here in Newcastle. And uh, just really sad to see that he's gone, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Surah Al-A'raf, so Allah Azza wa Jal, He would bestow on us the hardship, sometimes in a calamity, but sometimes even in a blessing, because this will Allah Azza wa Jal is waiting for His worshippers to actually come back to Him. Says and not everything that we have learned from the life of Muhammad and from the Quran. Sometimes we have um, bad things that we might see as a not not a good thing, but it's actually a blessing in disguise. And that's one of the things we learn in Surah Al-Kahf. There's lots of things happened with the journey of Musa and Al-Abdul Salih. Uh, the Al-Abdul the, um, Salih, he broke that, he, made a, he damaged the boat after the people gave him free ride, and then he killed the boy, who was an innocent boy. And then he helped to do something in the village where they refused to give them money uh, sorry, give them food and helped uh, two travelers bypasses. But we learned later when Al Abdul Salah and some of the Rishis of Khudr learned that it was all destined. He was ordered by Allah Azza wa Jal to make this because for the greater good. And one of the poignant things about in that, in that story is when the, the little boy was killed. Um, and on the face of it, the, uh, the family was distraught. They were really in pain and agony. But because they were good people, Allah Azza wa Jal took that son before before he would actually his sins becomes counted, and uh, because he's not going to grow up to be a good person, and he's going to go to heaven inshallah and give them another son. So Allah Azza wa Jal, because they were good people, he made sure that they will have good things in their lives. It's it's not easy uh, sometimes to swallow a bad. Um, news or, or something calamity that happens to us but if we believe in Allah Azza wa Jal we turn any 
bad situation into good situation because of the patience inshallah we do it will turn into positive things and that's one of the things that is talking when you talk about Tayyip. muhammad had probably the worst calamities a single person can have in his life one of the things for example simple is he was a businessman he was a rich man before he became a prophet and after he became a prophet he gave all his money to poor people and he continued even when he had money later he lost all his uh, male um, sons and even at the end of his life when he had finally Ibrahim from Maria um, Ibrahim in some of the nations he, he didn't make it to the age of two and he died and he was gasping for air and he was in the hands of Muhammad Muhammad was crying and says I can't do nothing for you but we sad for you and he was crying and Abdurrahman ibn Auf was next to him and he was saying to Muhammad are you crying? Abdurrahman ibn Auf have seen Muhammad in the, in the battles in the hardship in the times that requires lots of courage and steadiness and he was there steady nothing would move him, nothing would shake him but then he was crying for the, for the for this and Abdurrahman ibn Auf couldn't understand and Muhammad says that's mercy that's the mercy in the heart of Abdurrahman. So, in what we think of Muhammad when we talk about him, when we read about him, we don't think of somebody who had lots of calamities because he was such a positive person. He was such a positive person, وسلم, everything that happens to him, what you believe, what you think of him is how kind, how gracious, how courageous, how generous, how forgiving Muhammad is. You don't think of Muhammad who felt sorry for Khadija and Abu Talib for a whole year. He was sad. You don't think of Muhammad who, who left Mecca and he was in pain for leaving Mecca in such a circumstances to go to Medina. You don't think of Muhammad who was really sad when his uh, Zainab was attacked leaving Mecca, or leaving Mecca and loads of other incidents because he was positive. He was always positive, and that's what we always think of Muhammad when we read about his biography. Despite of seeing all this, that he was positive, and that's what we always have the feeling. And that's one of the things that we learn about Islam. Alhamdulillah, Brother Hassan, I'm sure he had lots of pain and agony, but he's always, always positive. Like any other person, we will all have our share of pain, but he was such a positive person, such a radiant smile, that he always shared that positivity with everybody that he's with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to drop in the, the comments that, uh, you know, Brother Muhammad Al-Hassan, he was in 2017, six, 20, 2016, or he wanted to maybe start doing some online activities, start doing some online videos. So we had some discussions, we bought a camera, and then, you know, Swala recorded a few videos. It didn't go that far. But well, you know, any of the viewers that maybe didn't know Brother Muhammad Al-Hassan in person, inshallah, link the YouTube channel in which he spoke about some of the companions. So inshallah, you can see, you know, his smile and his character. So if you can, please do check out those videos as well. Inshallah, Good videos, bro. <laughs> I think we did like three or four, and then yeah, that's it. Yeah, we were meant to do more, weren't we? Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you and your editing, bro. Alhamdulillah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a tough year all around, I think, guys, because the whole COVID and stuff. And unfortunately, we've, we've had a lot of people that have passed away as well. It's like, 
Yeah, so, you know, obviously to give some context, like uh, the brother Muhammad Al-Hassan, he got COVID about two, three weeks before he passed away. But, you know, he was quite bad. I remember him voice knowing me and he was struggling to breathe. He said it was quite really difficult. But, you know, alhamdulillah, he recovered. He, he, he tested negative. Mm. But then sadly afterwards, um, he had a pulmonary embolism. Um, basically blood clot in his lung and then he passed away. You know, I spoke to some brothers that are doctors said that it can possibly be related to the COVID. Allahu alam, I don't know for sure. But um, it's, probably, it's just out of nowhere. Like he didn't have any other health conditions. He was fit yeah. and healthy. Just came out of nowhere. Yeah, but just generally speaking, I mean, the, the, the COVID's hit a lot of people, man. We don't really know as well. Will that protect us all from it? Will I protect uh, and help those who have got it recover from it as soon as possible? I mean, I mean. Okay, I think we're I think we're going to wrap it up there, inshallah. I just want to finish off with a, just a, 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 a small reminder. You know, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us in in the glorious Quran, indeed the righteous, the abrar, they will be in pleasure, and indeed the wicked, they will be in hellfire. And as a as a small reminder, you know, following uh, this little tribute, this small effort that we did for our brother, inshallah, may Allah accept it, all the good deeds that he did in this life and forgive him for his sins. You know, death is inevitable. This is the moral of this program. Death is inevitable. Our purpose in life is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone with no partners and to perform acts of righteousness and also, on top of that, to avoid all that is forbidden. You know, sometimes we focus so much on doing good deeds, which is what we have to do, but we also have to remind ourselves to stay away from things which are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. Okay? So we have an opportunity, as long as we've got breath in our lungs, and this is the important point here, guys, yeah? As long as we have breath in our lungs, we're able to do something good, inshallah, we should try our best to do that. Be amongst the righteous people, do righteous deeds, righteous good deeds. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to give us the ability to continue doing good deeds and to continue worshipping Allah alone without any partners and to continue to purify and be um, from the people who follow in the footsteps of the Prophet and his companions. And I think on that note we'll we'll wrap it up inshallah and and finish there to um uh as a, as an encouragement I guess for all of us like the process and replied to that companion what have you prepared for it let's if we haven't started preparing let's prepare now if you've started preparing it should make us more committed and and more and and uh, and work harder to do good deeds and seek out the right right people that we need to be with in order to pass through this journey what we call life um until our death and then the real life starts the the eternal life in the hereafter but the real the real life starts so to speak so um may allah forgive us all may allah forgive our brother muhammad al-hassan and may allah unite us all in jannah inshallah and on that note Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.